This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. I'm your host, Anna Hawkin, and also the ministry lead here at Parenting for Faith. And we're here to equip you, the parents and carers, to help your kids and teens to meet and know God in the everyday, normal bits of life. We think that you are the very best people to do that. We follow um, what it says in Deuteronomy 6 about talking to your kids in the normal, everyday bits of life. And we are just here to give you skills and tools and confidence. If you've used any of our resources before, you'll know that we just have five key tools They're not things that are complicated or difficult to understand. They're not things you have to prepare in advance. They're just tools to get your head around and kind of have in your back pocket to apply to whatever situation comes up in your family. And so we really hope and pray that those are helpful. If you'd like to know more about those, you can go onto our website um, and press the key tools for a quick summary. Or it's really taught in all of our courses. So the Parenting for Faith course, the original course, which kind of covers it all. Babies and toddlers look specifically at under threes. We're currently filming a teens course. Um, We hope that to be out in 2024. So if you're the parent of a teenager, you can read the book. That's available at the moment, but we'll have a course coming out as well. And we have just released the Parenting as a Church Leader course. That's quite a unique situation, a few different challenges and things to think about. And we just decided that it was so vital that we wanted to make the information freely available. So the videos are available to watch on our website. And we just ask, as we do with any of our resources, that if you found it helpful, if it's blessed you, that you recommend it to other people and that you pray for us and uh, make a financial donation as well, if you can. And that could be a one-off donation or becoming a friend of Parenting for Faith for £2 a month. But enough about all the different things. Uh, We are today are going to be talking about what to do if you're ill. And I'm going to be interviewing the founder of Parenting for Faith, Rachel Turner, about her experience of having cancer. So an illness that was over a long period of time, quite a lot of uncertainty. And this is something that is super close to my heart at the moment. I've got some really good friends and uh, one of them has cancer right now um, and they have a little one um, and also a newborn baby. So she's undergoing cancer treatment and all this stuff. Um, with a newborn and another child as well. So this is special love and a shout out to Joe and Luke. We love you. We're praying for you. Um, And I'd love to ask you if you would to join me in praying for them for a a full recovery for Joe and for blessing on their family. But I know they're not the only ones. So many of you have experienced periods of difficulty and of illness. And I really wanted to get to the bottom of how we can parent for faith in that tricky situation. Maybe you have big questions about God and the future and what's going on. How can you help your kids to meet and know God in that in those circumstances? Uh, this is an absolute cracker. There is a lot of laughter. There's tears at some point. Um, I'd really encourage you to listen, even if this isn't your circumstances at the moment, because it might really help somebody that you know. So I'm joined today by Rachel Turner. Rachel, many people know you in your role as the founder and the official grandma of Parenting for Faith. 
Um, but I wanted to ask your wisdom on something super specific today, which is to do with your life circumstances and how you've walked those. And I wondered if you would feel okay to share about some of the health challenges that you've experienced while you've been a parent. Yeah, um, I think like many parents, I've <laughs> had lots of health issues. Um, I've had uh, cancer. I've had gallbladder surgery. I've had multiple surgeries. I've went through depression. Like, you know, many of us, life is messy and crazy. But I think the biggest sort of parenting for faith challenge we had and all of that was the, was the cancer journey uh, for us, really. And that's a huge thing for anyone to deal with, you know, pretty much everyone listening to this is going to have been affected by cancer in some way, whether it's you and your immediate family or your friends or someone else. And it's a difficult thing to deal with yourself, but then throw in framing it for your kid and helping them navigate the journey, which has got ups and downs. It's got, you can't make promises about outcomes and what things are going to look like. I'd love to hear, um, anything you want to share about your journey and how you approach that and what you'd suggest for other people facing that right now? Yeah, I can only speak from my experience and every family is different. So I know I want to imply that my journey should be other people's journey, but um, sometimes just hearing people's stories can help reflect on it. Um, For me, my kid was six when uh, we found out I had cancer and uh, my one of my first thoughts was I, I don't know how this is going to end. And the, the only thing I really had to offer my kid at that point was how I can walk this journey. That was, that was one of my first things was, was if I can give him nothing else, but who God looks like in this scenario, because he will face this with somebody else, whether it's a future partner, whether it's um, whether it's, I don't know who in his life will do it um, or him himself. Um, my only thing I can give him is showing him who God is in it and what one person's way of experiencing it is uh, with God. And so that, that became very um, prominent in my mind. Um, I had the question of when I tell him and um, he had obviously known that I had um, been suffering pain and health problems. So we knew that that was a, a thing. And uh, I really wasn't sure what I was going to do. Um, but my my primary thoughts were, I've got to give him a framework to understand this. Um, and I've got to point him to the thing that isn't going to change. Because there are so many things in this journey that I cannot tell him. I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know if this is a journey to death. I don't know if this is a journey to disablement. I don't know if this is a journey that will be over quickly, but the only thing I can do is, is, is put him, put his feet on the thing that doesn't change. And so um, I made the decision quite early that I was going to explain to him what was going to happen to my body, what's happening to my body and how that that is different from the stuff that happens in the spiritual. And so I did write a blog about it and I haven't reviewed it. So (laughs) No, my memory of it is what I wrote at the time. Um, but my memory is that I just said, you know, hey, you know what's happening to my body? He crawled into bed with me in a morning. And I said, you know, I, you know that I've been in pain. We now know that there's some poison in my body. It's called cancer. And uh, and we don't know how far it's gone or how strong the poison is. Uh, and so we're going to go on investigation of finding out, you know, how to do that. We're going to get some treatment and they're going to try to cut it out and stuff. Um, 
And so we're going to see, and sometimes it can end badly and sometimes it ends great. Um, but what's more important is that through this, we're going to learn a lot of things about God and God's going to be next to me and he's going to be whispering to me and he's going to be teaching me stuff about him. And uh, he's going to, we're going to be learning so much in this great adventure that we can't find out about if we weren't going on this adventure. And, uh, and that's going to be beautiful, wonderful and quite exciting. And so um, anytime a little bit of getting afraid, uh, might pop in there, um, but I'm just going to push that away because I'm going to look for who God is because he's not going to change no matter what. Uh, and so we just began to talk about that. We did a lot of medical investigations. He could sketch all the body parts and what they were doing. And um, and we did that, but it, we just began to talk much more about who God is and what he's doing in the situation and how to cope with it. Um, it, it was it was something really significant. Um Mm. And what, yeah. I, what I'm hearing in that is that, so the discussions and the talking was really important and the questions. How how would you suggest that a, a parent who's ill or maybe you're the, you know, the, the spouse who's supporting someone else or a friend or something um, really kind of makes space and encourages those questions and then how to answer them so i'm we've hit a little bit on some of the kind of practical and medical stuff some of that we can answer some of we can't but some of those are going to be spiritual questions and god questions about why is this happening where is god in it and what's going on i've asked you about seven questions there (laughs) yes i i think I think for me, I was also really aware that this is not a one-off conversation. Like mm-hmm. this is a journey we're going to go on and that's going to take a lot of conversations and that's going to take a lot of constant discipleship, not just of answers, but of how to connect with God in these things. And so for, for me, it became very much about um, committing to watching him and thinking, how is he feeling and what am I feeling and what can I frame for him and what can I facilitate him meeting with God about? Uh, and so we were, um, we were having a, a bedtime and he was talking about, um, we were talking about fear and about how we can connect with God when we are unsure. And the song, uh, the no longer slaves to fear. I am a child of God came out mm-hmm. And uh, he had never heard that. So I was laying on the ground and he was up in his bed and I just sang it to him like acapella. And he was like, that's amazing. I love that song. Sing it again. And we sat there and sang that song like four or five times uh, just in a row. And he worshiped and I worshiped. And then we paused and talked about silly things. And then we wanted to sing it again. And it was just this wonderful worship night of, of talking about of talking about silly things and important things and worshiping in the moments and asking questions and just saying that there's always an opportunity to talk about this. This is what God was teaching me today. When we do bedtime, I'd say like, I went to another one of my meetings with my cancer slayer. And uh, this is what, this is what, when I was waiting for it, God was whispering to me this and he'd be like, Oh yeah, I was in school. And I was thinking about when this surgery happens, I'm going to, I'm going to pray like this. And I'm like, Oh, that's exciting. And so it was, it was committing to a journey of walking life with God and each other rather than, can I do the one conversation well? And, Mm -hmm. um, and can I 
I frame it perfectly so that it all makes sense right now. It's creating endless opportunities of saying, how are you feeling about this? Or I'm going to another appointment. What are you thinking about? And um, just sort of opening that up, I think. Yeah. And what about when you just can't, you know, obviously for you personally, your body is going through a lot, your brain, your emotions, your own relationship with God, there's loads of stuff going on. What happens when you just feel like you don't have the energy and the capacity to connect with your child and frame for them? I think that's a very real thing and uh, and nothing should be ashamed about. I think there's a lot of shame in a lot of parenting, uh, but I think particularly around this, when you think I should be feeling more faith-filled, I should be feeling, you know, you, you can beat yourself up about your own faith journey of any illness. Uh, and then you think I should be able to give this to my kid. And so one thing I think is to just be very aware that that while shame is a thing that tries to crawl on top of us, there is no wrong way of experiencing what you're experiencing in the moment. Um, so for me, it's sort of how do I help my kid through what they're going through rather always what I'm going through. Uh, and that was a really helpful switch for me because for me, I'm going through, am I going to die? Uh, and am I going to do that? But for him, he's experiencing a very tired and exhausted parent who um, who is in pain, but wants to play, but can't. And so that's his experience right now. So my job is to help him meet with God about his experience rather than him meet with God about my experience. And I think that was really helpful to me because I thought I, I can't necessarily process everything that I am doing in this moment. But what I can say is it must be hard when I'm not available to play as much as, as that, um, you know, how do you feel about that? Or are there anything that you're worried about? And um, when I'm worried, I talk to God about that. And so actually I, I can help him take his next step in faith. If I'm not able to figure out where I'm positioning myself in the moment of that. And I, I found that really helpful um, to do. Um, the other thing is I come up with stock phrases of, uh, of when you're not sure, when you look emotional and you're like, there's no way I'm going to be able to talk about this in any way to just say, I'm feeling some emotions right now, but God and I are going to talk about it and handle it. And that's okay. It's God's job to, to help me with this bit. So I'm going to get some time or, um, I'm just feeling really exhausted and tired. And so I'm going to crawl in bed with God and just take a nap. Uh, and so for me, positioning where God is and how God is helping me can be good, or I'm just emotional because God and I are still mid conversation. You know how it is sometimes when you're in the middle of a conversation, you haven't quite landed yet, but that's okay. We don't have to talk about that now. Now, what we need to talk about is what we're having for dinner. And so sometimes it's okay to say it's all right to be in the middle and I'm in the middle now. And that's not your job to sort out. That's, that's mine and God's job to sort out. And that's okay. Mm. No, that's really good. And I want to touch on as well, the wider support network, you know, as we said, this um, affects all of us in some way at some point and as friends and family and church family, I think, People often want to help and want to be supportive, um, but don't know how to do that. Uh, you know, the classic thing is, let me know if there's anything I can do to help, which is not very helpful because <laughs> um, it's quite hard to express that. So I just wondered from your perspective of having walked it, you know, from both sides, because you've supported other people as well. If there's people listening, thinking, OK, there's someone in my life who's ill right now and who has kids. Um, yeah, how, how could we approach that? 
Yeah. Um, one thing I want to say is everybody's very different. So I, when I am suffering something really intense, I go very quiet from my friends because I'm like, like I'm just in my own little world. So I'm, I'm a bad friend and waving the, I need help flag. Um, but also some of the biggest gift for me, and this is why I'm saying everybody is different and you will know your person, but you might be worth asking this question. The, the thing that I wanted most was for everyone to stay normal. I did not want my world to change. I did not want cancer to be the biggest thing in my life. Um, and I didn't want my life to be self-centered on my cancer because then it's just this big thing we're all looking at. So the biggest gift that I found for me, well, several things, one is people's willingness to be normal around me, to talk about themselves, uh, to um, to talk about the stress that they're going through with their roof leaking. I want to hear about because I want to hear about somebody else's life, not just mine. I live in mine. I really would enjoy other people's strategies. Um, I really enjoyed still being useful to people. I think I found um, when people heard I was ill, they want to drop everything else around me so that so that I don't have to be interested in anyone else but me. But if I only have a limited amount of time on this life, I want to be useful and purposeful and kind and a good friend. And, and I think I don't want to have to beg people to let me be still powerful in their lives. And so I think there is a, a, a knowing of the person and what they need in the moment. But sometimes by by removing that half of the friendship of of letting the person who's ill still listen to you and laugh with you and cheer you up and pray for you. Um, you remove some of the the beautifulness of your friendship. And so I found that really helpful of people willing to be normal and funny and talk about their days and be stressed and ask for wisdom. I, I loved that. Um, practically, I really loved people helping, taking the stuff of everyday life off of me so that I had the emotions and the energy to be the parent I wanted to be. That was mm. really significant for me because I thought what I really, if I only have an hour's worth of energy right today, I want to do it playing a game with my kid or, or talking about his day. And so there were very kind people who would volunteer to take my kid to school or back or my kid had an after school club that he loved. And these people from church would be like, what practical travel help do you need? And I'm like, you know, I would love if you could pick kid up from school, bring him home so I can give him a hug and kiss and say, how was your day? And then take him off to his after school club and then bring him back. And they did that so that by the time he came back, I had had a nap from waking up and saying, I love you. And then had a nap and then come home and I could play. And then someone else had cooked a meal so that I could then take a nap while my husband threw it in the oven. So then I could get up for dinner and cuddle and watch TV while I fell asleep. And people saying, I want you to be the you you want to be. So let me take all the other stuff off of it. People did our laundry. Um, all of that stuff is really helpful. Um, I would suggest rather than saying, what can I do? Come with really specific offers to say what I want you to have the energy to do what you want to do with your kids. So therefore what silly stuff can I take off that um, I can do? Uh, that was massive. Like I, I get quite emotional when I think about um, the sacrifices of time and valuing normality in my children's life, child's life. Um, the fact that somebody knew that it was important that my kids still got to go to Mandarin club um, rather than just 
coming up with their ideas, they were saying, I get that normalness is important for your kids. So how can I help normalness keep happening? Um, so when they brought food, they didn't bring food that they could cook well. They said, what food does your family really, really like? And can I have your recipes? And so people would cook what was normal for my family to eat. So I didn't feel like I was failing them or causing chaos. And that was so powerful for me. Sorry. <laughs> no, just slight pause because I'm crying as well. <laughs> it's so good though. It's so good and so practical. Uh, we were talking in the foster and adoptive um, conversation just a couple of days ago and uh, about meal support and how different people respond to it. And uh, Rachel McClure said, someone said, not another lasagna, not another well-meaning lasagna. <laughs> and um, it just, yeah, you sharing that about the recipes really struck me because that's the challenge, isn't it? Sometimes when you're ill or, or life is, there's extra change and challenge and circumstances. You you do want that practical support, but what matters is important. And actually, particularly for kids, this is not a time in their life where they're going, do you know what? I really want to expand my palate and try something yes. new. Um, or yeah. we just want to, sure, junk food can be great when you're feeling rubbish, but actually if that's what you're being brought every night, that's not great. Um, yeah. But to recognize, yeah, the normal, I love how you explain that. And and in terms of clubs and in and activities and all those things as well, how can we make some normal possible for your child and for you and for your family life. I am going to hold on to that forever. Thank you so much. What a gift. And I think it's important to be bold to um to be able to say that. Like I was quite embarrassed that like my family's favorite curry is Charlie Bingham's curry. It's expensive, but we like <laughs> it. And so but and I was too in pain to not say it to to be like, yeah, it's more expensive, but it's the thing that makes them happy once every two weeks. And to not feel ashamed of your family's patterns, I think was a big thing for me emotionally to be like, I, I can't, I'm too, I'm in too much pain to be ashamed of the way our family functions and how gracious people were to, um, to see that it takes quite a lot of vulnerability to be like, all right, <laughs> this is actually the kind of food we like. Please don't put corn in it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Love that so much. Thank you. And as always, we like to end the podcast with a question to ask your kid to spark an interesting conversation. This week's is this. In what ways do you think Jesus needed support from his friends and family? Have a great conversation. We'll be back next week where I'm going to be talking about what if your partner or ex-partner isn't a Christian. Have a great week. We'll be back next week. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.